This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and the ministry lead for Parenting for Faith. This is episode four of season four, and we're going to be chatting today about money. Money, money, money. The cost of living, financial struggles. It is affecting everyone at the moment. It feels like it's all you hear about on the news and uh, that people are talking about. And we're going to be chatting to Jess Montaro from CAP UK um, all about how we can frame this for our children, how we can include them in those conversations. Uh, but before we get on to that, I want to tell you about our Facebook Live event coming up. Uh, so this is our Parents and Carers event on the 18th of October, and we're going to be talking about handling Halloween. Now, we have got different guests for each age group. Uh, so we'll have an under fives one at eight o'clock, a five to elevens at 8.30, and one for parents of preteens and teens from nine o'clock. And we're bringing in different members of our speaking team to talk through how do we handle Halloween? How do we decide what we think about it? How do we talk to our children about that? Um, What do we actually do on the day or the night? Um, And I think that's going to be a really useful conversation. So do come along, invite other people, come with your questions, comments, ideas. And then if you're a, a children's youth or family leader as well, we've got our Lunch with Leaders event on the 19th of October at lunchtime. And Rachel Turner is going to be joining us talking about supporting parents to have great conversations with their kids. So I'm here with Jess from Christians Against Poverty. Jess, thank you so much for being with us. And just to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and who Christians Against Poverty are? Yeah, for sure. Hey, I am Jess Montairo and I work at CAP based in Bradford. Um, I am a mum of two. I have a son called Kayo, who's five, and a daughter called Malone, who's three. Um, And both my husband and I actually work at Christians Against Poverty. um, And we absolutely love the work that we do. Um, Christians Against Poverty, if you don't know, is a debt advice charity. And we're a free debt advice charity. And we um, run lots of services around that. So job clubs, cap money courses, life skills courses, and we work through the local church. So super connected all across the country. Um, And personally, I work in fundraising and engagement and I get the the fun job of um, overseeing our young families audience. So I'm hugely passionate about getting young families connected and passionate about the work of cap and also um, really stepping into a new space of um, education and actually um, helping parents find the words and feel supported with having conversations with our kids because they're raising the next generation, right? So if we can have that helpful conversation now with our children, then maybe one day cat won't be needed. That would be the dream. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've seen firsthand, you know, some of the work that cat does and you are just such a phenomenal charity. So thank you so much for you and uh, to you and all your colleagues, the things that you do. I thought it was interesting what you said there about, um, you know, money is kind of an issue that no one's talking about and also the issue everyone's talking about. You know, news, social media, everything at the moment is about cost of living crisis. It's what a lot of us are thinking about and worrying about a lot of the time. But I don't know about you, I haven't seen an awful lot of information and support on how to chat to children about this, how to 
have conversations about money in families. So it's sort of everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, and I'd love your thoughts, really. This, you know, this cost of living thing is affecting everybody, but in different ways and to different degrees. How can we start explaining that to our children and, you know, having a bit of a conversation, knowing they will have heard bits from the news, they will have heard bits from their friends, but they might not have the full picture? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting conversation that's happening. Um, I personally don't really have um, the TV news on that much, um, but a lot of the time I'll be swiping on my phone and I can see that my kids are hearing what's going on and obviously what mum and dad are talking about. Um, And so I do think, as always, I'm a huge advocate for having good, honest conversations where it's possible and where it's age appropriate. Um, and like you said, we're, we're all facing this in very different ways, um, but very similar ways. So I'm sure, I don't know about you, but my heating's not on yet. Um, I'm holding out. I have one cold mouse hand when I'm working, like, um, you know, or treat days have gone down or shops have got smaller. So they're all very similar kind of behaviours. Um, and you know, we try to not necessarily over speak about it in front of our kids, not necessarily even intentionally, just purely based on their understanding level. Um, But I do think it's some key essentials that I know Ricardo, my husband and I have really tried to teach our children. And that is what is money? Like that is just helpful, I think, not in the cost of living crisis, but something we don't really talk about. Because I always remember this story. I used to say to my dad when he said he didn't have money, I'd be like, go to the hole in the wall. Like that, that magical hole will give you money. And I'm like, now my kids are experiencing money in a whole new way where I can like beep with my watch. I can beep with my phone. And what we're doing is eradicating completely the conceptual kind of understanding of the value of money and what that is. So the cost of living means nothing unless they have kind of an understanding that goes further than mummy and daddy are going to work. You know, we've all worked from home for a long period of time now. So a lot of kids have heard, can't speak right now. Mummy's at work. Mummy's at work. Go and watch telly. Mummy's at work. You know, and so it's like, what is this? So actually, we've we've been really intentional with teaching our children that mummy and daddy go and do a job and we get paid for our time. Um, and that looks like money. And we'll look at actual physical money and then starting to um look at that so as we've gone into the cost of living it's actually been quite a easy transition my son already you know has his Lamborghini fund and he's like five (laughs) but he understood at three when I would ask him to pay for his toys from his fund he understood that was painful and he would be like no not from my Lamborghini fund um and so I think then it's easy my husband was speaking about this concept he wants to do with them of looking at shopping, like looking at what £10 used to buy us, but now maybe what £10 and making games out of that, looking at what's missing, spot the difference, like actually really, really ensuring that we're watching our children gain a good solid foundational understanding of what money is. And in that case, if you feel your children can kind of grasp that, then, you know, go into those conversations of, uh, the cost of living crisis but otherwise I would protect them from it as well at you know at, at a certain level if it's not necessary you know these are like really fundamental foundational kind of years I don't really want to impart uh fear or um anything that may kind of trigger them to to feel fearful um when we're there to protect them if that makes mm. sense so a little yeah, bit of both moving your children and, you know, it so depends on your your context and the age of your children. And 
what I love there is you've kind of looked at your family in the aging stage in their context and worked out what what's right for now and you know in a few years time that might look a little bit different yeah I thought that was interesting what you were saying about um you know helping them not to be fearful that money's not uh we don't want them for it to be something that's always associated with anxiety um but just being totally honest you know there are many of us listening to this are going to be struggling this winter how can we be honest with our children about that and without worrying them and how does kind of connecting with God and bringing God into that conversation happen, do you think? I think it's, uh, as Christian, as a Christian mum and working for a Christian charity, a huge element of the way we live our lives is in accordance with the Bible, in accordance with what God teaches. And I think that is going to be like, my, you can kind of go and get advice from other places, but the golden goose advice is going to be like, we believe in a God that it provides for us that sees to our needs that we do not are not anxious about anything but with everything we're prayerful so you know my first uh 2p on this I guess would be if you are struggling seek help bring it into the light find someone do not so many times at Christians Against Poverty we see situations that could have been very easily handled in a in a much worse state simply because of people wanting to stay in the dark about it and now is a great time because people are speaking about it and it is becoming okay to not be okay in these areas um and so i think children aside for a moment if you need help get help and your child will see um will see the way you're dealing with your situation i think it's it's um shouldn't be something that we don't talk about in our families or just with people. So please find help. If you're listening to this, trust that God hears the cries of your heart. And that is why I am here telling you about Christians Against Poverty. Give us a ring. We can help. We can do amazing things. Your situation does not need to stay the same. Um, and then with our children, I think there's something that's really important. And that is we can give security to our children in the way that they observe our life. So the way they see us behave, the way they see us, um, our disciplines in finance, the way they see us restrain, they can be really healthy things. Um, and I think that that is, again, what we want our children to see. They want We want them to see our priorities and we want them to see our generosity. And they're like non-negotiable, cost of living crisis or not. Um, the way you'll see mum and dad behave is in a way that is restraint. That is a way that has priorities that are clear um, and disciplines. And then I think, you know, panic will reside. We all know, right, if kids are feeling you're panicked, <laughs> whether that's panic in lack, whether that's panic buying, panic spending, panic like, or just irrational spending. You know, if there's that like magic Amazon guy turns up every day with like loads of packages, you know, your kids, all of this is being taken in about the way the world works. You know, my son still thinks the postman is the shop man like is the shop so when I order <laughs> offline you know he's like waiting for the postman to bring him what it is um and so you know that's a hint for me I go back and explain the process that it took for his shoes to arrive by the postman it wasn't like me ringing the postman and they appear like there was actually a cost to that so um I think that that just going back to that, what what can we do in real fear times and real fear conversations is speak truth over your household, speak truth in times of community and prayer together and communal times. We are really intentional 
every tight night we pray together as a family, uh, you know, we will start with, we are thankful. You are generous, God. We thank you for our home. We thank you for the things we have. Um, and actually our children, what you're doing is establishing them in them a trust in you and a trust in God. And that will be what will get them when this cost of living propaganda, if you like, is way over. That will be what you we've left our kids with, right? It's a real foundational understanding um, that, you know, even when mum and dad couldn't provide, my God will provide. Mm. So. I think that's so helpful because so much to do with money is behind closed doors. The kids don't see it. You know, we talk a lot in Parenting for Faith about creating windows and framing. So creating windows is just helping them to see something or hear something that they wouldn't otherwise. And we're normally talking about it in terms of your relationship with God, but your money can be part of that. So, you know, I often think uh, in our church, they used to pass around an offering bag or bowl or bucket, whatever it was. Um, And now they just, they, when they do the offering bit, uh, there's a QR code and, you know, and no one even really holds their phone up and scans it because they say, oh, if you're already giving by direct debit, that's great. But if you want to give, you know, scan the QR code now. Well, that doesn't mean anything to my children. They don't understand what's happening. That's the same as, you know, it looks like just taking a picture. Um, So anything you can do of kind of explaining your priorities how do you decide what to spend money on how do you decide how to give how do you decide how much to save and how do you chat to God about that how do you receive from God that kind of information and what do you ask God for you know the kind of Lord's prayer give us today our daily bread what are what are the things that you need that you're asking God for you know if you're worried you're probably saying that in your head like oh God you know help me find the money for this can you do that out loud? Can you say that? Can you explain, hey, this thing arrived today or we were able to do this and we didn't think we were going to be able to. And I just thanked God so much for that because I really felt like it was him providing for us. But sometimes we have that whole process, but it's all in our heads, you know, (laughs) or in a sigh of like, oh, thank you, God. Um, But they don't know the backstory. They don't know where that's come in. So, yeah, I just think that's so helpful. And what about the flip side of this? What about if uh, we or our children really want to help others? Uh, we found out a bit of this. They're learning about kind of just generosity and giving. It's also, you know, a huge part of Christian discipleship. If you've got a child who is showing an interest in that, they want to learn more about helping people with money and raising money and giving money away. Um, do you have any suggestions for kind of how to surf that wave with them and, and guide them in that? Yeah, I find this a really fun one because Ricardo and I, um, before we had kids, were super involved with a load of projects. We're based in Bradford, which is a really deprived city um, and very uh, a lot of social issues that happen. And it's a beautiful city as well. And the people are beautiful. Um, but we actually had children really early after getting married. So it was actually a real life switch for us because we kind of planted ourselves in the middle of the city thinking this was us. Like we're going to be like, you know, like we'll fight this course till the end. And then it was like off our honeymoon. We're like, oh no, we're having kids. Like, <laughs> and we're like sat in BD1 in the center of town in a house, like this does not look like what we thought this was going to look like. So we've actually really passionate about um, how we're going to handle um, looking at those that are socially excluded, homeless, those in lack, those using food banks, different scenarios of reality for many people, not just now, but but for years and probably years to come. Mm. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, one of them is like, 
one element is I know that my kids coming up five to, and I believe it's like eight years old, they're like becoming out of like the individual stage. So they're starting to recognize themselves as like a person, part of a group, part of a community. And, you know, that's when they're going to start asking those questions. And then what we need to do is, is exactly that is give guidance of how um, to, do they think about the issue and as parents, we have to knuckle down and spend some time on establishing how we feel about this. Mm. Because I think that is the biggest hurdle because we will say one thing with our mouth, yet we will do one thing in our behavior. And uh, I often, often, so often, because of where I live, I'm faced with this challenge of what do I believe and what do I teach my children and what do I do with my actions and how do my children see me be passive or be um, generous or be kind or um, be above and beyond. And I think that that is, you just have to do that work. You have to go to God and understand, I know you call me to be generous. And I know the Bible says, if you clothe the naked and feed the poor, um, you know, that, that, that that is like doing it for you. But I don't know if I believe that God, because, you know, I'm thinking they should be claiming benefits. Or I'm thinking they're claiming too many benefits. So I'm thinking they could have a house if they wanted a house and, you know, and either on drugs and, and drinking. And I think then you can be stuck. And then when your kids are looking to you for guidance, it's like, you're just stumped because you want your kids to be generous and kind. And we believe that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And we want that for our kids, right? But then we're like, oh, but this person's a bit of a drunk and we might not, I don't know if we want to give to that, you know? And I think that that's where we have to keep going back and being like, what are we in agreement on as a family? What are our boundaries as a family? Which is really important because, you know, I could have moments where I want to like bring people home to live with me which is just not an appropriate boundary right now because of my children. It may be in the future. It probably has been in the past and we've done similar things. Um, but I think it's it's definitely establishing the boundaries of not putting boundaries on generosity, but your boundaries in the realm of which you, you work and you understand, you know, you have places to signpost and things like that. Um, and so I think, you know, we need to encourage our kids to be, you know, friendly and compassionate. Some parents want to teach to avoid those situations, you know, completely. And I think that is each to your own. And, and that's something that I don't want to comment on. Um, but uh, it reminds me, my, my husband always shared this story and he, he shares this quite often when it comes to giving. Um, as a teenager, he always wanted to give his things away. So he would like give his coat away, um, but he would keep giving coats away. And he's from Portugal. So I think it would be quite hot. They, they have a very short window where they can wear jackets. So it's like quite a big thing. They really enjoy getting a nice jacket and they will be wearing that jacket from October like even if it's boiling hot it's like you do not need to be wearing those jackets but they they want to get in on the fashion they want to do it so it's like fine um and then he always says that when it came to actually winter he had no jackets left um and so he went to his brother and he said you know he started wearing his brother's coat and his brother would complain to his mum saying it's not fair he gave away all of his coats and now he's using my coat. And, you know, when Ricardo was sharing the story with our church, my instant reaction was, whoa, someone needs to work on his generosity, <laughs> like as the brother. And then Ricardo correctly corrected me in the fact of actually there was nothing wrong in Ricardo's generosity. But there was a fundamental understanding of sacrifice, of understanding that if he wants to give, he will go without. And as a family, we are super OK with going without like we are like we're not like if you give that we will not have so we're not going to give we're like are we good as in agreement as a family are we good that if we give this 
we won't have. And I think that is gold to teach our kids. If you give your child that Pokemon card, you will not have it. It's not that mum and dad will go and replace that for you. Um, are you okay with that? If they choose generosity, we're stoked. If they choose to keep it, we're stoked. Like they understand that it has value to them and that's also okay. Um, so I think settle on your message for sure. Settle on your message when you see those that are socially excluded and need help. My opinion, be generous, always be kind. I think my way of logic is I do not remotely care if I've given money, um, a moment of my time or lots of my time or um, a warm meal or I've driven someone up for help, I do not care. A lot of people kind of like add this caveat of they're probably not using it for what you think they want to be used for. I am totally good with that. God knows that I did what my God asked me to do. And that is good. Like, and I'm okay with it. And I think if people can kind of shake off that, then our kids will see our generosity a lot more authentically and a lot more regularly because we understand we just do what God called us to do, babe. And God will deal with the rest. That's mm. a long answer, but yeah. No, it was great. I love that you've thought through, you know, this is my position. This is how I've worked out with God and, and sharing that with your children. And as you say, people will come, people will have different boundaries and come to different conclusions about that. Um, but just that you have thought about it and you've chatted to God and you've listened to him, uh, I think it's amazing. I found it really helpful as well to sometimes focus on really tangible things. You know, we're talking about money as a, a beep of your watch or your phone or that actually that understanding of giving something and it being sacrificial giving, um, particularly with younger children, really works well when it's something physical. So, you know, the food bank thing, are they going to, choose some tins uh, you know of things that they like and then are they have the opportunity to give those away um or are they going to uh, uh you know fill a shoebox for christmas or do it whatever they're going to do right um it's just a an understanding thing isn't it with younger children that it somehow makes more sense or physical coins and physical notes and um, does that help them to get their head around a little bit more what it is they're giving and that element of sacrifice that you brought up of uh, it's great to be gen generous but it's not without cost we're not generous to feel good and then it immediately gets replaced or gets uh, sorted by our parents that there, there is a cost to that and that's you know part of what God calls us to I think yeah no that's so helpful um, we could talk all day, but I just have one more question for you, really, which is what do we do about the difficult questions? You know, there are people in this world who don't have what they need and God's all powerful and all loving. And why doesn't he just make it all better? We're probably all going to have our kids ask that or some version of that at some time. And I'd just be interested how how you approach that. I think I just have one other last thing to add to the battle. Mm, I just of said. course. Trust your kids. Trust yeah. your kids are going to be so much more creative in ways to love than we mm -hmm. ever will be because they are not bound by, uh, you know, context or expectations. So I also want to listen to how my kid wants to help because it can be the best ideas. And it's like, yes, boy, we can do that. And that's super helpful for their growth and their development. So that's just yeah, one final love that. that. Follow their lead. That. Follow their lead. Yeah, yeah, follow their lead. Learn to love like they love, because they'll love hard and deep, deeper than we can, because they're not understanding things in the way we are yet. So yeah. So good. So what do we do uh, with a God? I mean, that's obviously can become a huge theological question. Um, mm. And one I wish I could have the answer 
too, for sure. Um, I think the thing that I wake up every day, my dad always repeats this to me is uh I, I think I, used to, I said it probably once when I was like 13 like dad I want to live a life that when I wake up in the morning the enemy's like oh no she's up and it's like <laughs> and he always says to me you know my girl Jess like oh no the enemy knows she's awake now like things are going to happen and I think that's it understanding that God uses people and we're his best idea so um actually partnering even with things like Christians Against Poverty, being part of the change, um, understanding and explaining to our kids, look, we don't have the answer to why everything isn't fixed, but we have deep joy in walking with God every single day while he uses us to bring about change. And if we can all live more authentically connected to the call and that nudge of the Holy Spirit of God, then we will see change. And we will see God move. And then our conversations at the end of the day don't look like, why does God not fix it all? Because they see God fixing it piece by piece, person by person. And I think that sometimes we can almost hide behind the question of how, you know, well, God doesn't just click a magic button and it'll all be fixed. But actually going, you know, I feel like God has called us very clearly to love the poor and to do these things. So that must be his best answer that is what we must do. We uh, must lean into the, the teachings of Jesus about, about feeding and clothing and including and loving on. And then our kids are going to see the most incredible moves and like experiences of God that they will grow up speaking of, his generosity, understanding his behaviors with us. Um, and I think someone a mentor of mine once said to me Jess you have a lot of wants but the bible talks about your heart's desires and they're a little bit different mm. like and so I think speaking to our children about our their wants and actually what's the desire behind the want because again it could be why can't God give me everything I want like it says you know the desires of my heart and it's like oh it's actually a little bit different than that the desire can be a motive can be a heart and that's what God's seeing um so why doesn't God fix everything because we are the answers we are the church we are people and he wants to he is working and he is changing people's situations and he is giving wisdom and vision and a way forward for so many and I believe that in this cost of living crisis and that is a huge a huge statement I will make I still believe we are called to be generous we are called to be calm we are called to be focused on Jesus and he is not afraid and we should not be afraid. And our kids need to see the strength and the certainty of God that we will be generous. We will be kind. We will be at peace and we will see the fullness of God. And, and like you said earlier, so brilliantly, like God, give us today our daily bread. Would he understand there is a difference between God meeting our wants and our like extra things we want? But, you know, the Bible says, like, I will never I have never seen a child begging from a, the child of a righteous man begging for bread. Like, but kids, this may be tough. This may look different um, and it'll always look different. But what I can establish in you is a faith and an understanding in God that will see you through lack or through plenty for the rest of your life. So if anything, this can be the biggest learning ground. This can be a poignant time that we are going to invest, you know. Gen Z, so like between 1997 and 2012, they have been donned the most generous, most philanthropic, 
can't say the word most generous (laughs) generation to have ever lived like how cool is that like you know this generation were kind of wiping out and saying like oh they don't know what they want they're not working hard they don't know no but they are so passionate about the things that they can bring change so you know I super thankful for this conversation today um and to be representing a charity that is actively in the middle of the trenches making a change making a difference um and and saying you know like be let's raise children that are the change you know let's raise children that not only understand budgeting their income expenditure they've seen you know we've just seen some crazy things you know and our children would have learned lessons from that um and if we weren't conscious or aware then we've missed the moment but we can be present in this moment and we can make sure that our children know how to very, very well replace fear with peace, understand, you know, what their lack is, what they have in Christ is the riches of heaven, you know, and I think so. I know the conversation can go down a different road of how do we, um, you know, have these tough conversations. And I think that that is, is a brilliant one to practically have, but nothing will ever replace the truth of the Bible and the fact that we are not called to be in panic or not in sound mind. We are called to be in sound mind and at peace with what's coming and what will come, what has been and what will come and that he's gone before us. So I don't have the answer to why God doesn't fix it all, but I'm, <laughs> I am determined to be part of the, the, the solution while I'm here on earth. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what's you know made it so encouraging and inspiring to talk to you. Thank you. Um, I, what I like that you really touched on there is um, purpose that you know as we see in the bible when we tell kids the whole story of the bible and we talk about that a lot in parenting for faith and that we're saying to them god is the world is broken but you know god is making it right again and he invites us to be a small part of that he's got um a way that we can be involved we can partner with him he loves us and he wants to invite us into that and that's actually a really important part of faith and of discipleship to have that purpose and those questions, you know, I love too that you didn't say, here is the answer that you need to read out to your kid. <laughs> <I wish laughs> we've, we've got a tool for um, answering different difficult questions and just exploring that. And we'll pop that in the show notes as well. Uh, but yeah, that's just been so helpful. We are going to be talking to Jess again uh, on the 17th of January. She's very kindly agreed to come back and uh, do a Facebook Live with us. So many of you will have been following our Facebook Live events for parents and carers. Uh, on the 10th Tuesday of the month. Uh, Well, we're reframing those a little bit for 2023 and we're calling them pop-up small groups. And we're saying, get together, invite one other person over to your lounge. Uh, It's only one heating bill then, just saying. Um, Or open up your church and invite people in. And we'll be sharing, I'm going to be having a conversation with Jess about how to talk uh, with kids about money. Uh, And then you have a conversation, chat with the people in your church, with your friends, with your neighbours. So thank you so much for your time today, Jess. Thank you for coming back again. I've said it now, so you have to hold to it. Um, Is there anywhere, can you tell us where to go to to get more information? Thank you so much for your time, Anna. I have had a great time and I really, really love that you guys are having this conversation and I feel honoured to be involved. If you have listened today, then please click on the link below, get online. Um, On CAP's website, you can get yourself a copy of a story that we have just released called Grace and the Grumblies. And it's a brilliant children's book to help start these conversations with our kids and help hear what their heart is and what we can do in response. So go 
grab yourself a copy. There's a suggested donation or grab it for free and get it on your bookshelf. It's going to be a really important tool for having this conversation in this day and age um, with our kids. And secondly, if you're listening to this and you are facing a manageable debt or poverty, please do give Christians Against Poverty a call. We can and we will help you and we really, really want to hear from you today. So do not suffer in silence. Do not bury your head in the sand. There are people out there that are going to cheer you on, champion you, and they will see this through with you to the day you hear the words, you are debt free. And I promise you that's going to be a beautiful day. So please reach out today. Do not suffer in silence. Um, Thank you so much for your time. I deeply appreciate it. Um, And I wish you all the best with those conversations and with your situations. So I'm praying for you all. Um, Speak soon. God bless. And as usual, we have a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. What would Jesus buy with £10? What would Jesus buy with £10? Have a great conversation. We're going to be back next week with Catherine Hill from Care for the Family, talking about her new book and tour, A Mind of Their Own, and children's emotional and mental well-being. Speak to you then. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Music